Hi, Pastor Rob here from Blessed Hope Chapel and RobCartlidgeMinistries.com. What you hold is true. Is it really truth? Will what you believe get you through on Judgment Day? Are you keeping to the pattern of sound teaching held out in Scripture? In this series, Truth, Judgment and Eternity, I intend to deliver messages that check the solidness of our Christian foundation so as to guard the good deposit that was entrusted to us as Christ's ambassadors on this earth. Twenty-seven to twenty-eight, and it says this: twenty-one, twenty-seven, twenty-eight. It says at that time they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Your redemption, when we are redeemed from from this life, from this life of sin, and we should be standing up and lifting up our heads. And that was the point. There's, we are living in urgent days when the Lord is soon to return. You know what? It's funny, but you know the commitment we see in church circles is a sign of the times as well. You know, it, it says Jesus says, "When the Son of Man comes, will there be people with faith on the earth? Will there be people with faith? Will there be people that are worshiping Him in spirit and truth, or will they be completely deceived and completely lost?" And we're living in these days and where we're, we're finding it hard to see commitment. We're finding it hard to find people that are actually committed to the faith, who are worshipping in true spirit, and in, in the truth, according to the word. A lot of people worshipping, but they're not worshipping according to the truth, you know. And just a quick thing, and this is something, a little side note I wanted to uh, quickly talk about. Don't turn there, or you're probably worthy of turning there, actually. Go to Book of 1 John. Go to the book of 1 John and go right to the very end of the chapter because there's a lot of people now that are trying to say that Jesus is not God. I've been having these debates with people who are saying Jesus isn't God. And this is one of the deceptions. And I want those people to know that the people that are debating with me, one of the deceptions of the last days is they're going to be trying to uh, get rid of the Godhood of Jesus Christ. He's just a creation. God the Father is set on his own, he's up there, he's on his own, and Jesus is just a really powerful, awesome creation of, called the Christ, but he's not God, so we should not worship him as God or consider him God. Now, the scriptures clearly talk about the Son of God. Now, one thing that we've got to understand, when Jesus is called the Son of God, with a capital S, it refers to the same nature as God. And it's all through Scripture. Now, if that's not clear enough, they go and say, well, that's not referring to that because we're sons of God. That means he's a creation like we are. No, that's not what it's referring to. Jesus is the only begotten Son of God, unlike us. End of story. That tells you straight away, if he's the Son of God, that he's, he's as God as God is. But if, and then they'll, they'll have their little twisted ways of, of you know, talking that away. But if you look here, we got uh, the very second to last verse, and it's in verse 20, it says, We know also that the Son of God has come. And the intention of that phrase is that we understand that He is God. Or they wouldn't have said the Son of God. They would have said the creation of God or the, the great one of God, but not God. The Son of God has come and has given us understanding 
has given us understanding, so we who receive the Holy Spirit will have that understanding, so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, even in his son Jesus Christ, right? And then it says this, he is the true God and eternal life. Could you get clearer? He is, who? Jesus is the true God and eternal life. There's no eternal life outside of Jesus Christ. You can only receive eternal life in Jesus Christ. And he is the true God. Now look up all the other translations. They all say the same thing. King James Version says the same thing. So I wanted to make that known because we are living in a time where the the deity of Christ is in question. And many well-meaning people who really can't call themselves Christian because Christian in the true sense of the word is believing that Jesus is God. So if you go and say he's not God, then you've straight away taken out the power of Christianity and the power of the testimony of Jesus Christ when he said, I am. He called himself the I am. And he was crucified for claiming to be God. Because when they were questioned, why are you crucifying him? Because this man claimed to be God. You know, So all of these things all come together to, to say that's what... Christianity stood for and that's why they were persecuted because they went and said Jesus Christ is a God above all your gods so they got persecuted the Roman Empire persecuted them intently uh, for hundreds of years so these things are uh, important to understand but coming back to that verse in Luke 20 21 27 to 28 and I'll quickly go back there Luke 21 27 28 says at that time they will see the son of man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. At what time? And that's what we're going to quickly discuss. When these things happen, take, begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads. You know what? We should be standing up and lifting up our heads. We should be. There's still a, a, a few things in this list that haven't happened yet, but we should be standing up. When these things begin, it says. It doesn't say when these things have completely taken place. It says when they begin. Stand up, lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near, meaning... The return of Jesus is soon. We should be standing up. And this is the urgency of these times. Jesus is coming. And these are the things that were listed throughout Luke 21. That there's going to be wars, there's going to be famines, earthquakes, pestilences, fearful events. Have these things been taking place on the earth? Have there been wars? Yes. Have there been famines? Earthquakes? In increasing measure. Pestilences? Fearful events? Yes, a lot of fearful events. Signs in the heavens, things taking place, comets flying down and destroying parts of the earth. You know, Persecution. Has the church been persecuted in the 20th century? More people were persecuted and, and martyred for Jesus Christ in the 20th century than all the other centuries combined. That's a pretty heavy statistic, considering we, we know so much about the first century persecution and other centuries, but it pales to the 20th century. So there'll be great persecution prior to the coming of Christ. Imprisonment. People all over the world we know are being imprisoned for the name of Jesus. Betrayal by loved ones. You, you know if, uh, if someone in Islam turns to Jesus, the family will kill him. Do you know what I mean? So if you turn to Jesus in those countries, you will be killed. You'll be hated by all men. True Christians in those countries, I'm talking about persecuted nations, they're hated. They're loathed by men. And it says that Jerusalem will be surrounded by armies. Is there a, an increasing 
um, hostility towards Jerusalem and towards Israel. It's increasing by the day. The, the United Nations is dead against them. You know, America is with them and against them, with them and against them. You can't tell where America's going with them. You know, all the nations of this earth are getting to the point where they're just losing all patience with Israel. Jerusalem will be surrounded by armies. That's something that we're going to see take place. There's going to be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars. There's going to be some significant signs that are going to take place. Uh, we are seeing these to a degree, but we're going to see more. And then it says also, Jesus said, on the earth, nations will be in anguish. Nations will be in anguish at, and perplexity at the roaring and the tossing of the sea. Is the sea roaring and tossing? You know, the tsunamis that have been taking place in Japan, you know, that was just, this, Japan is still trying to recover from the nuclear devastation caused by that tsunami. You know, um, countries all over the world have been hit by, by that. So we're seeing that every single day. We just, all the cyclones that are coming off the coastlines, you know, up in Port Hedland, just recently in Australia, and also in, in uh, Malulaba, Sunshine Coast, where my dad lives, there was some severe storms. Roaring and tossing in the sea. And then Luke 21, 26 says, Men will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. The heavenly bodies. There's going to be some major disturbances out there. And, it's, and we have to know this. Why? The, the Lord tells us that it's important, and I'm going to explain that in a, little, in a little bit, of why it's so important that we actually, I preach on this and let everyone know this and let those on, on the internet know that we are living in very urgent times. The times where Jesus says, stand up, lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. And we don't want to be found... You know, not doing the Lord's will when he returns. So I wanted to start this year off by speaking about the urgency of the times in which we live. And I think it's important. I could have gone into a whole, you know, let's, you know, plan and resolve to do, you know, all these different things and that. I'm sure most people have heard that a million times just about every year of your life, you know. We should. We should make resolutions. We should do that sort of thing and make this year a better year than it was last year. And that's just you know, uh, an important thing. But as far as, according to what the Word says, we've got to realise the times in which we live and how urgent they are, how important it is that we live in the Lord's will and seek Him to find out, you know, how we should be as Christians. We are living in days like no other. This fast-paced, high-tech age is speeding us into what many would say is certain disaster. Years ago, if someone spoke of an end of the world, they were labelled doomsday prophets, weren't they? Yeah. You know, there was back in the 70s and the 80s, there was guys standing up saying the end of the world is coming and, you know, someone's, one fella stood out on the jetty of Brighton and in Adelaide and declared something's going to happen on a certain day and, and uh, never took place, right? They were considered, you know, crazy. They were nuts, doomsday prophets. But now... Uh, doomsday prophets are no longer just the Christians. Now doomsday prophets are scientists, uh, economists who speak about this sort of stuff. You know, environmentalists speak about this sort of stuff. Politicians, the media, the movie makers are always speaking about this stuff. They love this scenario from movies, you know, end of the world scenarios, 2012, all that sort of stuff. The songwriters are also speaking about it. 
And of course, the average person. You sit down and talk to someone, and they'll tell you all about it. They'll tell you how they see the world is heading for disaster. So we're living in a world where Christians aren't doomsday prophets. The average person is a doomsday prophet now because the signs are so evident that they see it. You don't have to be Christian to see it. Funny thing is, in certain Christian movements, they don't see that this, these scenarios taking place. So it's like it's only been a role reversal. The people that used to persecute the Christians because calling them doomsday prophets are now becoming the doomsday prophets and the Christians have uh, got their heads in the sand. They don't see what's actually taking place around them. They don't realise how close we are to the return of Christ. Because I'm telling you now, if, if, if we personally had a full revelation of how close we are to the return of Christ, if we really understood it to the magnitude of what is about to take place, it would change the way we live completely. We couldn't live the way we're living now, me included. If I could just get a picture in my head, if the Lord would just give me a clear picture of just what is coming, the level, the magnitude, the, the, you know, the fearful events that are talking about in the Bible, if we could see it clearly, we would never be the same. And the fact that we're all still, not just this show I'm talking about as a universally, the fact that most of us aren't really you know, grasping it, it means you know, that we're not, Changing, we're not becoming the people that we're meant to be. The church is not who it is meant to be. We're not representing Christ adequately. But that's going to change, I believe. The return, the trap. Days in which only the Bible foresaw for thousands of years are now evident to all. That should wake Christians up. You know, economists speak about this sort of doomsday stuff. You know, Environmentalists do it. Scientists are telling you, you know, that we're all heading for a certain disaster. Biologists will tell you, you know, you can't keep on cutting down the forests of the world and expect the world to ecologically sustain itself. If you destroy the ecology, what happens to the world? It becomes a desert wasteland. So I believe uh, because the fact that it's evident to all, I believe we're living in the days that Jesus spoke about what most men are realizing to be the imminent end of the world as we know it is what the bible refers to as the days prior to the return of the lord jesus christ because the lord will not let the earth be destroyed even though man has the capacity to blow it up the lord will not allow it to be totally destroyed he may allow nuclear warheads to be dropped and, and certain things but the world will survive as in the matter side of the planet will survive what's coming but it's uh, all of these things are taking place and they're building up and it's more and more signs to us that jesus is on the move so the problem with living in these days is that the day of the lord's return could come upon those who believe because this was jesus spoke this to those who believe unexpectedly like a trap Luke 21, 34 to 35 says this, Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation. Dissipation is just like um, an anxiety that causes you to drink and you know, live the wrong life, get into the wrong things, sinful practices. And uh, there's a lot of dissipation in the world today. Uh, it will lead us to drunkenness. It will be weighed down. It will cause Christians to go out and get drunk. 
And also, it'll cause Christians to be anxious. We'll have an anxiousness that is going to be very disturbing. That would make us, in a sense, useful. Un unuseful, sorry. And that day will close on you unexpectedly, like a trap. If you allow these events, if we don't understand what's happening, if we don't get our, our souls in check with this, this knowledge and understanding and, and weigh it well so that we can live a sober life and be not disturbed by the events, that we can look at these fearful events and say, praise God, his Lord's returning. Not freak out like the rest of men. You know, there was, um, I think it was the Moravians who were with uh, John Wesley and they were on a ship. And, John, and the ship was going through this terrible, terrible storm and everyone thought the ship was going to go down. And John Wesley, being a Christian man at the time, John Wesley was one of the uh, great revivalists of the First Great Awakening. And he, he was certain that the ship was going to sink and he was running around like a madman, like everybody else screaming, and oh, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. Anyway, he, he noticed this bunch of Christian people called the Moravians who were just quietly praising and worshipping God and just singing, singing hymns to God. And he's looking at him like, what, where did you guys get this peace from? How can you be peaceful? You know, we're about to die here. And they're just like, you know, the Lord will see us through it. And even if, even if the Lord doesn't see us through it, we're in his hands. He's taking care of anything. So what, what's the use of stressing? What's the use of freaking out when I know that I'm in the Lord's hands? And that radically, radically transformed John Wesley. He realized that his Christianity was just show. You know, it's a farce. He finally saw true Christianity at, at work. In the heat of the moment, when everyone else is freaking out, they were calm. They were calm before the storm, if you know what I mean. The storm that was coming upon them. So we've got to be careful, or our hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and, and anxieties of life, and that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Adelaide's not going to escape. It'll come upon everyone these days. So unless we wrestle with these things now, if we don't wrestle with these things now, we're going to fall into that category. If we don't get our heads around it as children and as adults, because you go into those countries where these terrible things have taken place, it takes place on, upon everyone, children and adults. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, I don't want to be labelled, oh, you shouldn't be talking about this stuff because you'll scare the children. No, the real events scare the children. You know, but if we can find that place in God where we're, we have peace regardless, you know, yeah, and the only way to have that peace regardless is to have already processed it, gone over it and settled the matter in your heart. Do you know what I mean? All right. So 2 Thessalonians 2, uh, verse 3, and it says this, Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. Now that verse brings up a whole range of things that we can speak about. One of them is, is it clearly speaks about the day of the Lord coming uh, not until after a rebellion occurs, which is a great falling away of the faith. Um, so that straight away speaks against the possibility of a pre-tribulation rapture because 
if it was pre-trib, then the rebellion wouldn't have occurred, then we wouldn't have been gone to be with the Lord. So it has to be post this time, doesn't it? Which means, well, it's at least it's mid or post-trib. It can't be pre. You know, people will argue that point, even though it's clearly written in Scripture. And I, would, I just say to them, well, I'm not going to let you deceive me. Because it says, don't let anyone deceive you. <laughs> Whoever warns you of that, don't let these pre-tribbers deceive you in any way. I added pre-tribbers, it's not in the scripture. But anyone who tries to tell you that this day will come before the rebellion and before the man of lawlessness is revealed, which is what pre-tribbers teach, that will be gone before the Antichrist comes, anyone who teaches that is a deceiver, according to this scripture. So we've got to be careful who we listen to. And the man of lawlessness, the man doomed to destruction. So we're going to see that day. The Bible clearly tells us that there is going to be a rebellion, an apost- which is a rep- apostasy or a falling away from the truth prior to the return of Christ. It's going to happen. There's going to be a massive... We're, we're seeing it now. It, already we're seeing a great apostasy taking place across the earth. A lot of people are turning from Christianity. A lot of people. The, we're getting fewer and fewer in number, the true Christians. Many of them are falling to different ways, which I'm about to uh, talk about in the next paragraph. But this great apostasy is going to take place in a massive way as the man of lawlessness is revealed. So what we've got to work out is why is it that when the man of lawlessness is revealed, is there going to be this apostasy? And simply this, when the man of lawlessness is revealed, who's the man of lawlessness? Satan. When he's revealed, there's going to be a persecution. And I've got scriptures that talk about that. And when this persecution takes place, the apostasy will take place. And only those who are true to Christ will survive it. So that means everyone else who turns their back on Jesus during that persecution will lose their place in heaven and will lose salvation. Don't let anyone deceive you any other way telling you that's not so. You will lose your salvation. So unless the ministers of the churches prepare people for this time, when the man of lawlessness is revealed and the persecution takes place, unless you're prepared and you're equipped and able to withstand what happens in those times, you could lose your salvation by falling away. So be prepared because there is one coming and the Bible speaks of it. Even now, many are falling away from the truth. Many men and women, this is without persecution, Many Christians are turning from Christ and following deceptive religions like Hinduism. They're following Baha'ism, Islam, New Age beliefs, all that sort of stuff. Or they're falling away from the Christ of the Scriptures through deceptive doctrines, which is one of them was that Jesus is not God. And so if you fall to that, you're another one that's been swept away and you're part of that apostasy. As well as being deceived by the views of militant atheists, which is also... Sweeping through the church. I've had many debates with guys. These guys are the worst because they were Christian and then they've turned to atheism. And when you mention scriptures, they already know them. And they've already convinced themselves that they're not true. So trying to convert them back to the faith is even harder. So these are just, this. the apostasy we've seen to date is willful apostasy, not due to persecution, but there's going to come one that whoever remains outside of these groups who are true to the faith are going to be tested and purified through persecution. Are you ready? Uh, well, we have to make sure we're ready. We, we, we set our heart right. We get it right. You know, we train ourselves spiritually. We train ourselves in prayer. We train ourselves through scripture reading. We get that strength in our 
and resolve in our spirit. You know, so if someone rocks up at your door one day and says you're a Christian and you go, yes, and they grab you in a headlock and throw you on the ground, handcuff you, this happens all the time. Don't think it doesn't. They handcuff you, throw you in the back of a paddy wagon, start beating you senseless, take you down to the police station and keep beating you, and all the while saying, I'll let you go if you just reject that Jesus guy. And you have to stay true. You have to stay true. And then... As, they've, as is happening in countries right at the moment, they pull guns out and point, point them at your head. Or they, in the prisons, in certain um, communist prisons and stuff, they beat you and beat you and beat you daily, torture, daily, torture, daily, torture, until you're just about losing your mind. And the only thing that keeps you sane is Jesus Christ through it all. You know, most Western Christians aren't ready for that. You know, when I read these books, they're horror stories to me. But it, it tests me. It's, when I'm reading these books, like, you know, Tortured for Christ by Richard Wombrand or, or Fox's Book of Martyrs, I read it and I go, that's true Christianity right there on the page. And I'm shaking in my boots just reading it. You know, am I prepared? Could I handle this? And I just said, through Jesus Christ alone, I can do all things. Christ who strengthens me. But are we Christians prepared for that? And that's the, that is why we're living in urgent times. We don't know when these things are going to take place, like this sort of level of persecution I'm talking about. But it could happen tomorrow. It could be a world economic collapse and the, uh, you know, a new government steps in and overrides our government and suddenly we're not um, innocent until proven guilty. Suddenly we're, we're guilty until proven innocent. Next thing they start rounding up anyone that could you know, possibly be agitators to this new government and resistors of it, and they start throwing us in the prison. That could happen tomorrow. As fearful as it sounds, you must have your spirit in check. Do you think the Jews were ready in Germany when Hitler marched out and started to throw them all in the concentration camps? They weren't ready. How do you like this New Year's message so far? Hey, that's why I wanted everyone here. Matthew twenty four nine to thirteen. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. Did you catch that? We can read over that pretty quickly, can't we? Then you'll be handed over to be persecuted. What's Jesus saying? At this time, when the man of lawlessness is revealed. And the greater and this persecution breaks out, will be handed over to this stuff. The Lord is going to allow it. He's going to allow it. And you'll be hated by all nations because of me. Because of Jesus Christ, every one of us here is going to be hated by all nations. You know, so enjoy your popularity at the moment if you've got it. Short-lived for true Christians. But have your mind set that you know the Lord's already warning us, saying, this is going to happen. So when, you're, when these things are happening, you don't go, oh, I don't like this. Um, maybe Jesus isn't true because surely he never said this was going to take place. But when it's happening, you can say to yourself, yes, the Lord told me it's going to take place. I must be ready for this. I must prepare myself. I must be prepared. Because if it's happening, it's happening. You've got to be able to withstand it. 
whatever it may be. At that time, many will turn away from the faith. There it is, the apostasy. Jesus is confirming what was in 2 Thessalonians 3. And will betray and hate each other. So those that actually turn from the faith will become the persecutors. They'll become the betrayers. And they'll hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Do you remember in the days of Jeremiah? There was like, you know, I can't remember the band of prophets, 50 prophets all prophesying positive things for the king. And Jeremiah just stood there and said, no, none of these things are going to take place. There's a lying spirit deceiving you through these guys. You know, it's, this place is going to be overrun. You know, you're going to be dragged off to Babylon. You know, Jeremiah stood against the false prophets of that day. And there were much more than him. There was one voice, one voice, Jeremiah. And I think it was 50, I can't remember the exact amount. But there was a lot of false prophets all saying conflicting stuff. You know, if you're in a church where they're not preaching what I'm preaching right now, and they're just preaching prosperity, a prosperous future, an abundant life now, if they're preaching that, like Joe Schimmel said, if it's an abundant life now and, the, and the, the best life now, heaven's going to be a drag. Because if it's the best life now, heaven's not going to be as good as now, is it? But if this is the best life now, forget it. No, this is the worst life now. The best life is to come. <laughs> you should have a new book, The Worst Life Now. So many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. And because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. See? Jesus tells us, he who stands firm to the end. You've got to question yourself. You've got to say to yourself, how far am I willing to go with my faith? You know what I mean? How far can I take my faith? Am I ready to die for this faith? Because if you're not, it's not a true faith. And that's the thing. We've got a watering down of the gospel to the point of most people aren't willing to die. I remember years ago, I brought it up, you know, I said to a bunch of people at a church we are going to, and I said, you know, thinking that they would be in line with me, I said, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm prepared to be martyred for Jesus Christ because I just finished reading Fox's Book of Martyrs, the whole book. I go, yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm prepared to die for Jesus. And they all looked at me and like, because that was a prosperity preaching church, and they said, you can have that on your own, buddy. And I'm going, so you're not prepared to die for the name of Jesus? And he says, I'm not called to martyrdom. I'm not called to die. It's strange, isn't it, when every single person is going to die, unless you're raptured, and that only happens after the tribulation. But because they were told they'll be raptured beforehand, they've set their mind that they don't have to go through persecution. Therefore, they're not prepared to die for Jesus. Therefore, their faith has been weakened because they don't hold to the true faith any longer, like those in the countries where they're being persecuted. Therefore, when persecution actually comes upon these Christians, what happens? They'll betray and hate each other. They'll fall away from the faith. Because Jesus said, at that time, many multitudes will turn away from the faith. That's scary. That's scary. And because of the increase of wickedness, are we seeing an increase of wickedness on the earth? And the love of most will grow cold. 
But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. That's what you've got to set your heart on. So Matthew 10, 21 to 22, and it says this, Brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. How's that? But brother will betray brother. Like you don't have a brother there. But... <laughs> no, but it's actually talking about Christian brother with Christian brother. And the father his child... Uh, children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. I remember reading a story of a Chinese, uh, some Chinese women, young girls who were strong in the faith and they had a pastor and the whole church got rounded up by a communist, the communist government and they were all getting persecuted and tortured and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, the pastor turned. He didn't stick to the faith. He couldn't handle what was going on and he turned and they said... Uh, uh, the soldiers said to him, or the guards, if you uh, can try to make your, the congregation turn. And so these two girls were brought out, and he told them to give up the faith. It's not true. And the two girls are saying, no, I'm not going to do that. You know, we, we believe in Jesus, the Jesus you preached, and you shouldn't have done this. Anyway, they gave him a gun to hold at their heads to tell them to give up the faith. And the girls said no. And the pastor actually shot them both in the head. That's how, how terrible those times can be, that the pastor of the church, I'm not saying this about every pastor, it's just this pastor wasn't prepared and he's in it and next thing you know he's been put into this situation and he actually killed two of his congregation. So father betraying their children, the father of the church, the pastor betraying the children of the church. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. So all men will hate you. Again, it says this, all men will hate you because of me, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. That was back in Matthew 10. So Matthew 24 is not the only one that speaks about these end times. Matthew 10 as well. So in many countries, these prophecies are being fulfilled every day, aren't they? We're seeing uh, it all the time. If you subscribe to um, Voice of the Martyrs, or even every home for Christ, things like that, you, you will hear stories of these things happening all the time, every day. We're living in days which the Bible clearly speaks of, but my question to all Christians is, are your hearts being weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness and anxieties of life? Are we being weighed down and losing sight of what this whole thing is about and are we not heeding the warnings that the Lord so clearly gives us? Are we being lulled into a deep sleep and missing the whole point of why God would have us here on the earth at this time? The whole reason you were born, you know? So many of us think the reason we're born is the work that we do. That's just to get through life. The work we do and how successful we are at certain things and all that, that's all just beside the point. That's not going to get us into heaven. The whole reason we're born is to be lights, to be lights in a dark place. Are we being led astray in the accumulation of wealth and possessions and deceived by worldly thinking? You know, I know myself, I'll put my hand up, I have been deceived in this stuff. What I wanted to do, and I'll tell you why this sermon came about. Yeah, keep videoing. The sermon came about because I was frustrated in, in my own you know, 
taking Christianity for granted sort of apathy. I felt apathetic. And I thought um, I was going to go with the apologetic sermon or, um, you know, Jesus in the Old Testament. But I just didn't feel there was anything that I had to say which was going to encapsulate what I was feeling inside. And so I th- it just came out of that. And the Lord just said to me, I believe through the Spirit, that I just had to pen this straight out. I just sat down with this and just wrote it screen by screen, just straight through. And found and scriptures came to mind and I just threw it all in there and I encapsulated what I was sensing. And so I really feel that this message came out of a you know, the spirits moving me to come up with these words because of the apathetic state that I felt not just myself in, but everyone around was in. You know, we've got to keep Jesus first and foremost up in our minds because don't let him find a, a come unexpectedly and that we fall into a trap, you know, a thief in the night. You know, if you're not prepared and a thief comes in the night, he'll, he'll take all your belongings take off. You'll lose everything. But if you're prepared, you can defend yourself. You know, now we don't have to defend ourselves with fighting against what's coming. We do stand against wickedness, but we also must be prepared to withstand what is coming. So when these things begin to take place, you guys can go, Dad, Dad's been preaching about this, you know. <laughs> Dad, yes. Daddy? Certainly hasn't. <laughs> but, yeah, Pastor Rob's, been, Pastor Rob's been preaching about this. I'm, my heart's pre- prepared and ready for this because I've, I've given this thought. I've already resolved in my mind. You know, when, I um, can't remember his name because I read this about probably 10 years ago or something or probably five years ago. There's a certain man, uh, he was getting led uh, because he, he's standing against Rome or whatever. He was getting led to be burnt at the stake. Now, this guy had already resolved in his mind, I'm not turning from Jesus. And he's getting led to be burned at the stake. And he's, you know, could you imagine what he's feeling? Even though he's strong in Christ, like Jesus himself sweated drops of blood at the thought of what was coming upon him. This man's being led to be burnt at the stake, burned alive, not burnt dead, (laughs) not cremated, burnt alive. He's walking along. His mind must be scrambling at the thought of what is going to take place. But he was solid in Christ. And some people from the crowd who were watching him says, can you give us a sign so that we know that, you know, Jesus is adequate in this time? And he, he was in the flames and he's burning, burning and he's just unmoved. The flames are raging around him and he's just like this, not moving at all, dead still, motionless. Most people reel in pain at that point. He's not. And then all of a sudden, when everyone thought he was dead, he clapped his hands as if to say, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He clapped them three times, and at that, his head slumped down, and he was dead. But he'd been in the flames of quite a while before he did that. And that was the sign everyone wanted to see, that Jesus enabled him to go through this. And he, whether he took away any sense of the pain or he enabled him to withstand the pain and not resist it and just embraced it or whatever. I don't know how Jesus does it, but Jesus is going to be adequate no matter what. Amen. 
And the fact of the matter is, everyone dies. It's true, isn't it? Everyone dies in different ways and through different means. And, and no one knows when we're going to leave this planet. But if you think about it, to be classed as an overcomer and leave by glorifying God, there's no greater honour. And that's the way we should see it. If you're placed in a position where you've been, you're put to this point and you can honour God through it, you know, die, die gracefully, die wonderfully for Jesus. Amen. Okay, so with that, Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> Let's just hope, you know, pray that we may, may be able to escape all that is about to happen. Pray that prayer. Pray that you'll be able to escape. But if you don't escape, pray that you'll be able to withstand all that is about to happen as well. You know, some people will take that prayer, that thing that Jesus says, pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and completely get it out of context. That means that it's not going to happen to us. No, he just said pray that, you know, you might be able to escape and get out of the city when bad things are happening in the city and all that sort of stuff. But um, the thing is, is the best preparation is to be ready for what could possibly come upon us and be able to stand strong and have it resolved in your mind from now and keep that resolution from for years to come. Amen. Right. Thank you, Lord. So, Lord, we just uh, we just pray firstly that you give us the strength to stand, the strength to stand in these times, uh, that you will empower us to get through them, Lord. As, as I said just then, Lord, we do pray that we may be able to escape all that is about to happen. And, and many Christians can leave this life and die, uh, um, you know, a death in their sleep, in their beds, and never have experienced these things that I was talking about today. But, Lord, there's many that don't as well. And, Lord, we just know that when it comes down to it, it your will be done. What will, will happen will be according to your will for our, for our lives. And so, Lord, whatever it is, I know that you're going to strengthen us and equip us for it. And help us to be alert. Help us to be mindful of these times that we're living in. And empower us to live them uh, in a way that is going to glorify you to the utmost. And that, Lord, that we're going to one day see us, uh, see you at, the, at heaven's door and you're going to uh, welcome us with open arms and uh, say to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. So, Lord, just for now, I just pray that you will um, just change our attitudes. If we've been a bit uh, soft, a bit slack in, in our Christian areas, that uh, you will help us to increase our devotional life and, and get back into um, strengthening ourselves in the Word of God and the Bible and, and reading uh, books that are going to encourage us and build us up in the faith. And, and Lord, that you're really going to just get us back on fire for you and help us to live for you with all of our heart that we'll put you first and we'll really give our lives over to you in complete ways. Lord, because if, we if we've committed ourselves to you unto death, then, Lord, then in life we should live completely and wholly for you as well. So help this to be a turning point in our life and this new year be magnificent in you as we, as we resolve ourselves to this uh, you know, attitude of, of um, living complete in you. And so we just pray this now in your wonderful name and I pray your blessing over us this week and uh, over this whole year and be with us now. Amen.
Thanks for listening to this sermon. If you search Rob Cartledge in the iTunes store or go to www.robcartledge.com, you'll see a number of different sermon series uncovering religion, truth, judgment, and eternity, apologetics 101, critical doctrine, and end times. Feel free to check them out.